This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm about to have a conversation. I, Master Plo, have you heard of this conversation? Yes, Kotor Yar, Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars conversations here indeed. The Force is strong with them. Oh, I agree, Master Plo. The Force is very strong with these conversations. This is the conversation you're looking for. I'm Charles. And I am Pat. And this is episode 88, Obi-2 Kenobi. I felt like um, the book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian felt like, um, you know, the old Marvel comics. And not just mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. shoehorn things in from them, but they're like <laughs> fun adventures and they're a bit wacky and they're a bit off script and they're Star Wars still. Whereas Obi-Wan mm-hmm. really just felt like that six hour film. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm. Um, imagine too. I mean, I want to talk a bit about the lightsaber battles that we saw from the start of the series to the end. But uh, I can mm. only imagine what that lightsaber battle between uh, Obi Wan and Darth Vader must have looked on the IMAX screen. Because mm. you know, I watched it, of course, as soon as I could the the episodes. So I wouldn't get spoiled, and then mm. watched it again with my wife, who was watching the whole series, and. Upon second viewing, you see those subtleties uh, in facial expressions or movements as opposed to the anticipation when you're first looking at it, like, yeah, I can't believe this is happening. What What do you guys think about the lightsaber battles and how it started within this series and how it ended? Um, it, it's interesting. Like, obviously, amazing. It looked great and it was fantastic and uh, fun and all that sort of stuff. Honestly, like the first time Vader and uh, Obi-Wan are, you know, well, I could say, okay, Vader's going to put him in the fire, I'm going to burn you like he did to me. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I just went, what, what happened? He just let him go. It was just that, it was, it went sort of so quick. We were the first time I'm watching it and I had to go back and watch it again. And I was trying to talk about that on the podcast. So I understand. And even the same with the second time, like, oh, like Obi-Wan's not going to kill him. Like, yeah, I can understand he wouldn't <laughs> kill him because, you know, it's Anakin and stuff. So there was just those sort of things. And, I mean, I was wondering how they were going to do that to, like, I mean, I could mm-hmm. see the end of the first time Vader's just put him under all the rubble and then he just gets away and then that's it. That would have kind of put a bit more closure. But, I, I look, I don't want to analyse it and stuff. I mean, you answer me the question. But that was just sort of the confusing part. And I knew it, it's going to be hard to do. But having even said that, to be honest, it was just so fantastic to see it. The choreography and everything, like, mm-hmm. The, mm. Just the twirling around the same. Okay, we got some of those things of like, um, yeah. you're doing the whole, the stretch and like, and that stuff I learnt when I'm doing the lightsaber from what I grew up with, with the prequels and stuff and interplaying that, learning those techniques and just seeing some different stuff. So I feel it was hard to see like on some of the screens that I've got at home with that dark thing. So it might come better across on IMAX and things like that. I agree that the lightsaber battles were fantastic. However, if you get a lightsaber right in the guts, okay, mm. it's not good, but, but don't worry too much. Yeah. Twice. Twice. It's, it's not a death sentence, so, uh, you know, no. you'll be fine. Unless you're Qui-Gon. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
exactly. <laughs> so, he skipped that day in, in Jedi school on, like, gut healing. Yeah. <laughs> they taught it in Sith High, so. They uh, did. To, Darth Maul so went to that class thing. twice, actually. <laughs> He's got two seats. But he, but he only got half marks. Oh! <laughs> Just a top half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, with, I mean, I love them. First of all, I think that the you know the, there were some interesting story choices about the first one and how um, Obi Wan got away and scripting and everything. Mm. So you could you know go through that and nitpick and all that kind of stuff for sure. Uh, and then their progression through the, the last one, it shows the where he is with his mentally right now with uh, Obi Wan. And how it's, he doesn't kill him. And like you're saying, Michael, that, uh, it's obvious that he wouldn't have killed him because the emperor had to put mm. him in his place. Mm. Uh, so the scene, the choreography, like you said, the lighting, all that stuff. And what it did for me is then it put his, <laughs> if you want to call it a lightsaber battle, uh, between him and Reva. And of course, she's not a Jedi, but she was a youngling and she's now an inquisitor. So she's strong in the force, but he just completely dismantles her. And that's the impression that you would get. From everybody else but Obi Wan, right in the in the uh, galaxies, that like he's this ruthless guy. He didn't even he didn't even waste a moment to use his own lightsaber. He just undressed me with mine, you know, and ran mm-hmm. me through again a second time, right in the same spot he did when I was younger. So thankfully it didn't hurt. So that's mm-hmm. the sort of the, the <laughs> difference between how mm-hmm. he treats Obi Wan and how he treats everyone else, and that further gave impact mm-hmm. to the way he left Obi Wan uh, under the rubble and just sort of figured that was the end of it. It helped me with that battle and what he did at that point. Do you think, um, like, one of the things I'm thinking of about uh, Boba Fett that was controversial by having, that you know, there was an episode of Boba Fett that Boba Fett wasn't in? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the way I look at that is back to that analogy of, like, the Marvel comics and things. So they would occasionally have some episode that just threw completely back away from the story arc with old, old Ben or Han Solo and Chewbacca before they met the Rebels. And I think that's what they're trying to do with the TV series. So with mm. that in mind, it'll be interesting to see if they do have, like, in Ahsoka or Andor or something, they can bring in any of these characters yep. that are, as long as it fits within the timeline yeah. and have a little side episode like they did with Luke and Grogu. Mm. What do you think that, like, because it's inevitable that they're going to do that with Vader, if not give him an entire series, which I hope they don't. Um, because mm. villains are better left in the shadows. and Because mm. <laughs> you think about, like, even Vader in the original trilogy, the, the screen time was pretty low. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm, it was. Everyone has this sort of idolized version of Vader. You know, everyone's favorite, and they all love him. Uh, which, I mean, he's he's the most iconic villain of all time. But, again, that's... that's partially due to the the shadowy figure the you know the lack of exposure you know like look at jaws and how terrifying jaws was and you hardly saw the shark you know so that's that's there exactly so that's a lot of the the power i think vader has and you know some people would argue that the prequels kind of humanized and, and kind of softened Vader and uh in some ways. And then then you've got Kenobi and, and Rogue One that 
you know, harden him and, and yeah. turn him back into like, oh, he forgot all about old what's his name. Like, here's Vader, you know, just tearing stuff up. So it's a tough spot to be in because as a brand, they know Vader's like number one. But again, you, you run the risk of cheapening him or softening him. And like with Rogue One, you, you could have had him front and center and, and, you know, all this like, oh, Vader's in it and everybody loves it and all. But the hallway scene that you see in that film would be nowhere near as impactful. Right. It's like, oh, here's Vader again, like slashing people. All right. That's cool. It's terrifying from the Rebels' perspective because it's like, okay, this is that guy I heard about, and uh, we're, like, trapped in this hallway, and who knows what he's going to do. Oh, well, we're about to find out. So it's one of those things where um, less is more. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And, and I think you're spot on, Pat, because that's, um, that's where some films go really astray. You know, and there's a difference between horror and thrills. Um, but you, you look at things like um, classic thrillers like Silence of the Lambs where Anthony Hopkins is really barely in it. It feels like he's in the whole film because of the impact and the character's actions. And I think Vader is the same as that. What screen time he does have is has such major impact that you walk away feeling like he was such mm. a major part of it. Right. But do you think like if there was the connection between Vader and Ahsoka – with the new series coming out, that that's something that we potentially could see a, a beta episode or a Kenobi episode there. I like the idea of the flashbacks that they're doing. And I think that it could have been really neat in a forced journey like Yoda took in, in season six of the Clone Wars to have Obi-Wan go through that reflection and self rediscovery where it's got some flashbacks or some like Christmas Carol sort of alternate version of how things could have gone with maybe a young Ahsoka or and and clearly Anakin and all um, to kind of recenter him would have been really cool. And there's no reason why we couldn't see something similar in another series. Just picture this. So they de-aged uh, Hayden and they de-aged Ewan. Yeah. Now, let's yeah. throw Ahsoka in there, and we've got the three of them live action in a Jedi temple. Are you ready to lose your shit? That would Imagine. be amazing. That would be so cool. Uh-huh. You know, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan share that helmet-splitting scene, which were, at the moment for yeah. both of those characters, was extremely important to understand what was going on. Seeing them all standing together in a... Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, blow mm. your mind. They're exploring all this and like, let's just go with it. And sure, they may make mistakes such as like putting Vader the villain in too much to lose the impact, but they might, you know, save himself again in another film like they did with Rogue One and um, how they have with Kenobi. But like, just for an example, like Leah, you know, will I ever see you again? You know, like Kenobi, and I'm thinking, you know, we probably would like to see those two actors perform again, you know, whether or not it's good for the story, I'm not sure, but it could be, it could work. So. That they got that a good script there, can make he? anything work. Mm. Like, yeah. no matter how ridiculous it is, if it's a really good script, mm. and they've and got the best of the, the best working on this stuff. Yeah. And what's brilliant about that, too, is the way Obi-Wan spoke to Leia and said, you know, we have to be careful. We have to. Yeah. We, you know, that do. was perfect. I mean, mm. if nothing else comes after this, they've, they've done all this storytelling. They've given us these lightsaber battles, and they tied everything up, in my opinion, perfectly 
that you just right. move on okay. into a, a new hope. And just a couple of lines to uh, Leia. We have to be careful. We have to be. We can't uh, let people know about us because it's uh, we're we have to protect each other. I'm just sort of paraphrasing, but then with the diplomacy and the aplomb that we already see Leia's character learning. Fast forward to New Hope and her stoic, you fought for my father in the Clone Wars, very yes. diplomatic. It completely makes sense, you know, as opposed to Bale and, you know, giving the entire story where everyone is on his message. <laughs> now his daughter learned from that mistake and kept everything very high level. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. What did you guys think of the costumes? Anything that's, that stood out for you? Like, we all like to, we all like the dress up yeah. box. Yeah. Um, I was just curious, like, I know, obviously, Ben's um, trying to be Ben and not being Obi-Wan Kenobi, so he's not wearing a Jedi outfit, you know, so, like, the first time even when he sees him battling Vader, he's, he hasn't got, like, a um, Obi, you know, that you know what I mean, that the costume, that he's just got that, like, a shirt or something, um, and, yeah, anyone's just wearing robes, so, but then later on, it's like, hang on, you now got a full-on Jedi costume and it's a different colour and it's dark grey. Did you just think, hey, hang on, I'm not hiding around anymore. I need this to get fit. Like, I'm like, what? And then at the end, he puts on his actual original sort of costume. So, I mean, it's cool. I'm not complaining. I'm just wondering. Yeah, is there there's an inverse excuse for this, uh, which mm. George Lucas said, that the Jedi are humble sort of every man. So it is like a poor man's outfit. So it would be something... Obviously, there's versions of it. If you've got a lightsaber hanging from your belt, it might give you away. But um, it's meant to be sort of peasant wear. One of the first things you see is in A New Hope is, you know, Luke's got his tunic on and mm. Uncle Owen's, like, wearing robes. I know. He so wants to be a Jedi. And you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like this guy, like, oh, that wizard's just a crazy old man. He accused me of taking his clothes. You did. <laughs> so, especially on Tatooine, in A New Hope, you're looking at this is like kind of before Jedi robes were like an established thing. You see people wearing that type of garb on Tatooine, which which is outer rim. Yeah more of a poor place anyway, so you're not going to have those embellished outfits like you would have on the core worlds or, you know, outlandish, lavish type of things. But yeah, like Uncle Owen was wearing Jedi robes. So I think if Ben walks around with him, I don't think somebody's going to be like, oh, Jedi, Jedi, Jedi. You know, it's <laughs> well, like... Even Jin Erso's uh, mother and father were dressed like it. So yes. it's, it's what, all, what all the farmers wear these days. <laughs> it's farmer chic. <laughs> You, you get it when you get your starter kit with a packet of seeds. They, They're very breathable out in the, on the desert. It's, you know, it they went to the <laughs> Jedi <laughs> surplus store and they got them. Well, on that, the what, what else are they going to do with all those Jedi robes? Oh, uh, the donation bin is thick. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but look, um, as, as you know, I have been to Tunisia and yeah, you, it was so cool when you're walking around and go, oh, that's like, when everyone you know becomes into these that's where they got it from you know that's where they were like you see people walking around with that brown right. cloak and that no but oh, yeah. i mean i just sort of more thought like it was just oh now he's wearing a different one but and it just looked more jedi stylish but maybe you thought look you know what oh i've got these from the now that i'm with the rebels i've got some old stuff you know and i'm gonna put this on you know i'm, I'm i don't need to hide I don't <laughs> and like like this old fish outfit's starting to stink a little bit, so let me, uh, let me change out of this for now. Well, yeah, well when a Jawa tells you you stink, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Leia's 
uh, call-outs in her costumes to some of the stuff that we see oh, in the yeah, original yeah, trilogy yeah, yeah. was brilliant, was so good. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, as Pat pointed out to me, uh, as soon as I saw it, was the robes that uh, Obi-Wan was wearing at the end, literally at the end, he's sort of riding off and where he sees Qui-Gon is a yeah, perfect reproduction of Nomad Obi-Wan. And down to each thread, like yes. the light yeah. brown, it's, it was, again, I was t- talked about before where they've done such a great job of this series of tying so many different timelines and canon parts to this series is, is absolutely wonderful. Now we the can go backpack on and the sleeveless robes. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Yep. That's my next one. After I'm done with the blue tunic one. Are, are you really going to do that, Pat? Oh, yeah. The, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. You got the blue tunic already, don't you? That's like 90% done. I've got the, yeah, I've got the base stuff. I gotta, I gotta tweak it a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting there for sure. It's a very accessible costume, so it's, it's good that one. Um, you know what's not accessible, but I would really like to do is Luke Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, flashback lightsaber scene costume with that mask. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And cause he's kind of got that Jedi skirt kind of thing and the white outfit and too yeah, much of a deep cut to be recognized. I don't think so. You, yeah, you can get away with it. One. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the negatives I'm seeing it on a big screen, which I'm, if you haven't heard, I, I did see it on the big screen, just to remind you again. Um, <laughs> one of the negatives was that uh, some of the cinematography, uh, the handheld camera, you don't really notice it on your TV. Oh, but on a big screen, okay. it's like, that's so out of place. It's so on Star Wars. Mm. Um, so oh, okay. that that's something that they've started to do almost exclusively for the TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, that, that sort of a embedded camera can get old. That's I agree. We didn't um, talk much. The only one thing that that, that Tomb of the Jedi is, I was just going to yeah. touch on that oh. sort of subject. Oh, yeah. yeah, and the bottom of the Fortress Inquisitorius. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. Like, I don't have a lot to say about it, but just like, yeah, looking in there going, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, the Emperor trying to, collect some DNA for his journey later on in episode 9 or ah. something or just whatever or that's going to tie in with something to do with like the Mandalorian how they you know found baby Yoda and they're extracting stuff like they've still got that facility or something or where that ends yeah. up you know after the fall of the Empire if Luke ever finds it um, didn't we see that yeah. on Rebels maybe we that did I can't we remember did. Yeah. I think oh, it's wow. in season two of Rebels, but very briefly, uh, we, like, okay. so they were walking past, and there was like those sort of ambered Jedi's, yeah, or am I having some fever dream? Hmm. That is in there. Uh, cause I don't remember that specifically, but that would be a small deal. Like you said, if it was just in passing, that would be another fantastic callback. That would be and, mm. disturbing, and and it's yeah. more, you get the sense that it's more than just trophies right it's more than just oh look what we did no there's something sinister going on there the fact that it's down in the depths of lower levels they're on display yeah but only for certain people you know it's not like they're out front the main entrance of the uh fortress you know that could you could be onto something there because if you think about like the trailer for andor has those sort of medico looking white jacketed um Imperials, there's a, a brief okay, little flash, and then as you mm. said, Michael the um, Grogu, and the more so in mm. the first season of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you know he likes a test tube, that good old palpy. <laughs> he does <laughs> like a test tube. 
<laughs> and it's all leading to connecting all the way to Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, even the Bad Batch hinted at that as well. That's where they end up, I think, at the end of the season. That one facility, that research facility, was yeah, really they, about yeah. cloning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm reading Shadows of the Sith at the moment. I won't give it away. But if you're familiar oh, that with that, one? that's the – yeah. So yeah. It's, it's got a lot of answers for things that were, you know, confusing in Rise of Skywalker, and it definitely touches on that sort of cloning Perfect. and Palpatine's son. And so worth a read. I'm going to get that one for sure. So – what else about the series? Have we gone through most of what we wanted to talk about for the series? Is there anything else we wanted to bring up for in specific? Or I like the whole closure of the relationship between Obi-Wan and Leia. Like at the, at the very end when he comes to Alderaan to see her, to make sure she's safe and everything. And, um, hmm. and he gives her that little glimpse into where she gets her personality. And that's kind of what she was looking for from him earlier on. When, you know, she just had these yearnings for where she came from, who she was and all. And you can understand why the Organas would keep that under wraps. But at the same time, you know, Obi-Wan had known her well enough at that point to say, look, you know, every part of your personality of who you are is, you know, an attribute of your parents. And even though, you know, he didn't say it, but there were good attributes of Anakin that, that she got from him as well that the kind of you know humanized him in yeah. obi-wan's mind beautiful moments oh yeah completely agree and we continue to go back to this throughout nearly all star wars this found family this blood not necessarily being as important as the family that you have uh, which is just such a fantastic message and and makes for interesting character development yes right. That's right. sorry carry that forward through the entire saga it's one of the core Core, it is a core you know, theme. Pillars. Yeah. Yeah. Core theme. And the way that he got to her level, you know, it validates both Padme and uh, Anakin as her parents. And then the way she looks back at Bale and uh, Riha and transfers that goodness to them. So it's absolutely yeah. heartwarming. And it's mm-hmm. also part of the, the Jedi story that they don't know their parents, their family, you know, the Padawan and Master, and they grow up as the with the young Jedis as their brothers and sisters, I guess. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that that found family that that he has and that she has and even Luke has, where it's as important, if not more important, than blood relatives. Yeah. Well, so what do you guys think for the future? You about season two of Obi Wan or Vader or something else? Look, normally, as I probably always say, if anyone can ever remember, I usually. Yeah, don't sort of speculate or think, and I'm just hoping for a surprise. If we get a season two, I know it'll be true to storytelling. Um, it's opened up for one. Will I ever see you again, Leah? It could just close off there, or there could be a season two. Would he confront Vader again? Don't know. Is that going to be a bit too complex? Maybe they could do something different. But Quinlan, I think about Quinlan, and I think about he's in that position where He's now not scared or upset or disappointed about the past, about Anakin, what's happened. So they've painted that picture now where Obi-Wan's at, so he's in a better place. He knows where he's going to go towards the future regarding the people's influences on him. So from all those rebels, you know, um, and Leah now understanding what the Empire's about, and he's got all that information. He's now training with Qui-Gon. Maybe we get some more training with Qui-Gon, that Yoda arc. 
I mean, not the Yoda arc, the kind of thing of the Yoda arc in Clone Wars and how he's going to play this out through building up to that old Obi-Wan Kenobi training Luke. So there's the scope for it. I'm not thinking about it. Don't know where it goes. Be cool, but happy either way. Happy either way. (laughs) There's definitely some loose threads that they can pick up on if they choose to, and one of those is the the sort of secret highway of um, saving Jedi. And and I think if you're going back to that uh, quest that you talked about, Pat, that would be a good one to do because I think you can't go back to the well again with the Organas. Um, That's got to be left where it is. And um, the same thing with Luke. Otherwise, it becomes repetitive. But there's a hundred stories to tell. And definitely, if you think of Obi-Wan, surely he would want to find his Jedi. You know, he would have some responsibility or conflict, at least, if he gets dragged into it somehow. And and we also have to think about Ahsoka still being around in this time. So Mm -hmm. what do you think, Pat? Well, I mean... You already know what I think. Um, <laughs> He's We're going to Dagobah. Yeah, I think that um, the character-focused, sort of less action-driven approach to uh, Season 2 would be really focused on Obi-Wan and really getting him from where we leave him at the end of Part 6 and kind of is on track for where we see him in A New Hope, but... Um, you know, if they were to do anything else, maybe maybe a little more gray, maybe a little less uh, just for men, um, <laughs> just to just to kind of uh, help ease that transition. And really, you know, some some of the flashback stuff they've been doing and some of the mind bending experiences that Yoda had would be really cool to see on Obi-Wan's behalf. Do you think we'll get to see Reva again? Do you think that's something they're going to pick up again? I feel like that's a spin-off in some capacity, whether it's through comics or, sure. you know, a limited series or something uh, with something else. There's one reason that she's left alive. I guess in, in some early drafts, Vader kills her. And from what I hear, Kathleen Kennedy put the kibosh on that so that she was left alive for some reason. So I think if she's not a character that they're interested in pursuing anymore, then you can leave her dead. But the fact that they did not, I think there's some future for the character, whether it be in visual media or um, some sort of even cameo or something in a a video game, uh, something along those lines, for sure. Well, it was interesting, the connection that I had thought about to Quinlan Voss, Michael and I talked about how he went from a Jedi to literally to the dark side and then worked his way back. And now as we see in the path, he's written on that wall and it elicits a smile, one of the first smiles we see in the Kenobi series from Ewan or from Obi-Wan. And I see a connection between Reva and Quinlan as part of her path back to the light side could be through this. And that could be a cool connection somehow, somewhere along the way their character strength together could make a lot of sense. I like what you're thinking, Charles. That could be that could be awesome and it also could tie into that saving the Jedi's and building this little team. Yeah. He's got the experience to help them get off the dark side because he's as you're saying, Charles, exactly. he's entered yeah. into it. And yeah. um that's probably why it he's, was his destiny to uh, do that, to be able to that, do what he's doing. That now. AA counselor or something that 
Queen one. Oh. My name's Reva. I was a Sith. Hi, Reva. <laughs> I only killed one child. <laughs> and I'm sorry. There's fresh cap in the back. I feel like we've made some uh, real progress today. <laughs> oh, man. It's so ridiculous. What we're looking forward to the most out of... um. Obviously, having Mandalorian around the corner, having Ahsoka early next year, I believe. And or can you believe all this content? How spoiled yeah. are we? Skeletons or skeleton crew. Skeleton crew as well, yes, starting the film. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to yeah. Andor. I can't wait to see what, what that is. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cool. I think there's a lot of uh, like espionage, like spy type of stuff that happens in Star Wars. Even and even just that little bit with Tala in the uh, Fortress yeah. of the Notorious, where it's like, man, this is some cool stuff that you you don't really see enough of in Star Wars, which is a, a big enough part of it to propel these storylines. To see some of that will be really cool in Andor. Absolutely. And um, the the showrunner for Andor is the showrunner for The Americans, which I don't know if you ever saw that that series, but it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good, that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I hope we get some some cool um, different parts, because again, with Rogue One, we got a whole different kind of Star Wars. What time do these episodes drop for you guys? At 3 a.m. The day of, yeah. Very convenient. Unless you work night shift. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Bingo. <laughs> and then I get text at 5 o'clock in the morning. Have you watched it yet? No. Woke <laughs> <laughs> up. Some fan you are. <laughs> Good thing we don't have a podcast or something. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a theory on this that because Australia gets it at like 7 o'clock at night, it's like perfect. Oh, wow. Um, absolute perfect timing. But it's for all those years when the films came out and we had to wait like three or four months before yeah. we saw them and, and we knew every plot point and, hey, that. you know, that was cruel. Who's, who's spoiling now? We Yeah. <laughs> we have first um, in the timing timeline. What I like about what they did with Vader and his brutality for his character uh, in this series and quite frankly, how far they went with it. And like you're saying, Dale, they scaled it back from what was originally scripted. That gives me some good feelings about what they could do to show how dark the operatives can get or would be getting in the sort of the underbelly yeah. of rebellion in Andor. That could be cool. Yeah, and you already have that history with Saul and with Cassian where, yeah. you know, they've done some questionable things yep. and um, they were willing to let that fly in the film. So... You know, and that's part of what made that film such a success is you've got these blurred lines of morality, you know, the, the, doing something for the greater good, you know, justifying yourself and your actions. And they could really explore that to really accentuate that aspect of, of what was happening in that time. This is what, four seasons? They've five, I don't even know what it was, but... Well, well 12 episodes is, is really, like, that's a lot. So apparently they're doing them in arcs. So okay. yes. and now whether they release them as yes. um, double episodes, I've got a feeling that that's what we might see. Um, wow. So they're like, that would be almost like getting a movie every week. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, evidently it's, there's like years in blocks. Okay. You know, yeah. Like the first couple episodes are several years before Rogue One and then a little oh, bit closer okay. and, and kind of works, marches its way forward in time 
through the timeline, you know, from Cassie and Younger up until I, from what I saw up until like right before Rogue One. Okay. Mm. So they're going to end with Andor right at Rogue One's doorstep. Nice. Okay. Very cool. So we'll see. That, that might be false intel. I don't know. <laughs> That's why we no, listen I, back I to this and see. That's what I thought, you know. And then no, I believe you're spot on there. That's reliable sources, Pat. In motion. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how the loose threads in this link up with with some other storylines to strengthen what we saw in this series versus some of the stuff that it can springboard into in other series or books or anything. That's what I like about all of this. You know, I've had no problems with an episode being not about the main character and something else. There's a sidestep. There's a reason. It's fun. It's exploring stuff. And, yeah, go for it. We want to see you in this new Android. It'll be funny. It'll be great. It'll be dark and <laughs> crazy and wild. And, yay, bring it on. It's a nice little positive. teaser trailer. Oh, in the uh, Android uh, trailer, you mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. the teaser trailer. It was nice, yeah. Yeah. Gave you the right type of tingles. Right. Yeah. Right. Perfect spot on. <laughs> I always like the right type of tingles. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars tingles. Star Wars tingles. Do you need the right type of tingles for your te- Star Wars teaser trailer for the next upcoming Disney Plus series? Here we have it. <laughs> Ask your doctor about. <laughs> and my favorite is when, when Michael brings us the Star Wars tingle jingle. <laughs> tingle jingle. It sounds like one of those like ridiculous... 1950s cinema things where and the seat shake or you know some sort of gimmick to bring people into yes. something like you know, yes television <laughs> the tingler <laughs> yes. I'm not getting the Star Wars tingle tonight we in the right seats <laughs> didn't we get the right ones <laughs> you okay. gotta pay extra yes oh well this has been fantastic. It's been a wonderful conversation indeed. Thanks mostly to uh, Michael and Dale. So where can people find you to listen to your stuff and get to know you guys better? It's true. All of it. A Star Wars podcast on iTunes. And you can find us on the email. It's true. All of it. 33 at Gmail and Instagram. It underscore wars. At Twitter. <laughs> Dale, help me out. doesn't matter. But, um, Look it up. Yeah, look, look it up. I'm not going to do all the work for you. He's going to put tired. it in the show notes anyway. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I guess I'll try and do a better job of ours than I did last time on our friend Rob's JTA <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, we are at conversations.com on the facebook.com slash conversations at Swations on Twitter, Instagram Conversations. We have a link tree with all of that and more. Links up with our Red 5 network teammates. So that's us and them and, um, well, many of them. Uh, furthermore, we are on Zazzle as well. We have a little Zazzle shop. Um, wait, no, shh, sorry. We have a Zazzle shop. You can buy stuff there. Yeah, right now you can. Once they get wind of it, you won't be able to. Anyway, so that's there, and those are all in our show notes, uh, so, so Charles tells me. I don't know. So that's us. This is them, and that's the scuttlebutt. No, I guess this is where we uh, where we say hello there or goodbye there. Yeah. 
Oh, I could use a illusion manganese liquor. Yeah, I'm thinking of whiskey. Oh, good call. Hmm. Lots to choose from. Do you want a selection from the top shelf? Definitely. The chosen one whiskey, please. Why that one? Well, there was this battle. It's over, Anakin. I have the higher ambient temperature. You underestimate my proofing. You were the chosen one. It was said you'd destroy bad whiskeys, not join them. I'll barrel you. You were my distillery, Anakin. Wow. Okay. I guess instead of top shelf, it should be called the high ground. Yeah, no. Like any good scotch, it gets darker as it ages. Chosen one whiskey. All the body, none of the legs. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>